Hello and welcome to Smart Businesses Do This, where I am joined by one of the most important people to this podcast, and that is Luis Diaz, the man that helped us create it. Dude, guys, round of applause for this guy. Yeah. You are listening to Smart Businesses Do This, the podcast show for freelancers, side hustlers, and upcoming small business owners who want to transform their current business or business idea into a company that is built to succeed, simple to run, and gives you the freedom to live your life on your own terms. I'm your host, Adam Lyons. Let's get started. Louise is the guy you go to if you want to launch a podcast and you want to be one of the most successful podcasters. Uh, fun fact, our podcast is in the top 5% of all podcasts in the world. That means 95% of other podcasts suck compared to ours. And, uh, and that's just mathematical. It's a mathematical stat. I'm not, that's not my opinion. It's just, uh, it's just a mathematical fact. So I, I thank you ever so much for that. And what I love about that is our audience is filled with real business owners. Like th these are not, um, you know, teenagers or kids or people that want to learn about this stuff. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's actual business owners who are looking to grow and improve. So one of the reasons I wanted you here is if you wouldn't mind, explaining to people how they can start a successful podcast. Because I know we're about to start our second one with you, I think, which we're, we're recording on Thursday. Yeah. Um, what do they do, Louise? How do they do this? That's a loaded question, but no, I love it. So, you know, it's funny. I, I think about podcasting like an offer or like a product, you know, like with a, with a good product, there's always a, a need in the marketplace. There's a unique benefit or a unique kind of like angle to what you're doing. So a lot of people, I think the mistake we, we make is that we try to model the Joe Rogans, we try to model Tim Ferriss, we try to model all those bigger people. And it's more about thinking about the market of who you're serving. Mm -hmm. um, like for example, like so fun, fun fact, when I first started my first podcast, I failed miserably. Um, and it was because I was trying to model Ferris or something. Got it. And it's okay to study those people, but I, I missed the mark completely because I was trying to just interview fun people and interview people if we're interesting. Instead of making something like this, where it's actually bringing a value to a specific market, got it right. right. So, so I think the first step in that is really understanding, like, hey, like, what exactly is our market? Where's the pain in our market? What's the kind of the, the thing that they're missing? And then going and attacking that with other people interviewing people or your own content. Okay, uh, and that's the, kind of the impetus of like. Yes, yeah, I, I think it's worth like emphasizing that point, right? Like when you when you like the the. The reason that people launch podcasts is often they just want to have a podcast. Yeah. Um, and yeah. the reality is we've found podcasts are probably the number one way to find buyers right. of any product or service, whatever it is, right? Like, and I don't get, if you were selling toothbrushes, I would probably want a podcast on, um, on beauty, realistically, yeah. right? Because, yeah. and, and as crazy as it sounds, because your, your default is, if I'm gonna sell toothbrushes, then I'm gonna have a dental hygiene podcast. Yeah. But you're not understanding the desire of the market. The average person that buys a toothbrush is not a dental hygienist, because they already have a toothbrush, and they probably have a better one than you. The, the average person that buys a toothbrush is concerned with looking good, looking sharp, having white teeth. And a podcast that's, focused on white tea isn't as interesting as a podcast that's focused on beauty overall because the kind of person says I want white teeth also wants good hair, good skin, uh, they want to live longer. And so understanding that is the key. So you, you tailor 
and, and this works for any product, but you tailor it to the true desire of that audience. Yeah. And now everyone who's watching it, if, if every episode they're hearing, by the way, this toothbrush is the one that gets your teeth whiter than white because we've got 7,000 more bristles than anyone else, that's what's gonna sell. Yeah, 100%. Um, and I think so, the thing you guys do really well like, here is, and like when, you, when you're bringing me on, you're asking me, you kind of like filter down the topics that you had us do or you know pick for us. Mm -hmm. So like you already knew your audience's pain points and you gave it to the, to the listener, to the speaker, so that we could actually hit those pain points for the audience, right? Yep. Instead of just letting us go and talk about willy-nilly or whatever we want. Right. So, so that's another good point. But like the thing you talk about their desire, I think sometimes we don't, we don't go deeper into our, our customers' desires. We don't really understand that. And yep. we go about creating a podcast or whatever it's, whether it's Facebook posts or Instagram, or whatever, that are just, it's not hitting the, the deep desire yeah. right, that they want. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, and I, I appreciate that. Like every podcast episode we've ever created has come from a problem that yeah. we have spoken to our audience about and said, hey, yeah. do you have this issue? Yeah. And then we find solutions and then we bring an expert to those solutions. So, so even if I'm not the expert, it doesn't matter. Like I know something about podcasts, yeah. but having a podcast expert talk about podcasts. I mean, how many different podcasts have you created and launched? Do you know? Over 300. Over 300. That's Probably. awesome. Probably, yeah. Yeah. And, um, and the thing I love about them is how many of them end up in the top 10? Because that's like, I mean, that's yeah. what you're good at. You're good at getting them in, yeah. in like the best of the best. Right, right. And, that, and that's... Um, that comes down to the thing, like, are we solving the problem of the market? Yep. Where we're creating a product that's gonna help them like listen longer, subscribe, and then take that next step, whether it's buying something, reaching out, um, or signing up for an email list like you talked about before. No, that's really what we're doing. And it, if you solve that first problem and give them something that really they're gonna stick into and like, and they're gonna move to the next steps. All right, so so actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna really pick your brain on this. So, um, and, and actually, this is something I'm gonna um, I'm gonna ask about here. Um, I have a friend of mine and she's looking to launch her first podcast. Um, actually, it's a good chance she's gonna listen to this, so Arden, this is for you. Um, so she's thinking about launching it and one of her concerns are how much money it's gonna cost in terms of buying equipment or is she gonna need to rent a studio? Um, right. What does she have to have in place? She's like, you know, do I need to buy three video cameras and do I need to, you know, so she has, she, so she was just toying with different ideas. So what would you say? It's your first podcast, you're getting it started. First of all, do we do audio or video or both? Does it matter? I think today, in today's market, you have to do audio and video. And the reason why is because there's so much you can leverage, so much more content you can use if you do video instead of just audio, right? Okay. You have AI tools now that can automatically create clips, uh, clips for reels, for YouTube, I mean, for Instagram, all these places. So it really benefits you to do the video, even if you suck at video at first. So like, even if you suck, like what I would recommend is doing 10 episodes of practice, like with friends. Like I, when I first started my first one, I interviewed like five or six people who I just knew were friends. Mm -hmm. And that way I could get good at like, you know, actually saying and presenting instead of like messing up my first seven episodes. Yep. So that was a huge thing for you. So practice, do video, um, get good at it and just be okay with not being good at the first. Like when we first drive, we're not good. We kind of like hit the bumps in the road or we like, you know, we cut someone off. So. Yeah. So, you know, so it's a, it's a really, a, a get good at the craft. Um, 
do video and audio, and then... So do both video and audio stuff. So, yep. Yeah. Would you say multi-camera is important for the first one, or does no. it matter? No. no. Not at the beginning. So multi-camera is great. Like, this is an amazing setup, but this is something you want to work up to. So yep. get 50 episodes in the can, then you can actually wow. start... 50 episodes, that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. Get good at that. One single camera. How, um, how long, sh uh, like, how many episodes should somebody release? Like, one a week, two a week, three a week? One a week. One okay. is good, and get good at just being consistent. Yep. You know what I mean? So one of the things, things we do here is like batch recording. So do four, five, six episodes. They don't need to be long. They can be five minutes even um, before and then get like five, for example, let's get five, five minute episodes, really tactical, really practical. And then we can start to maybe go a little bit deeper. Um, but that's going to give you the ability to batch record and then drip that one episode per week. Um, keep that one episode per week cadence. That makes sense. Now, one of the things I know you recommend is don't launch with episode one, but it's worth creating yeah. a, a sequence of episodes first and uploading all of them initially, right? Like uploading like four or five to right. start. Um, what's the reasoning behind that and how many should somebody do? Yeah, so a general rule is we don't want to record just one episode and release that. Like launch, like on launch day, we just jump, come out with one episode. The reason why is because if, say we're talking about um, mergers and acquisitions, right? And the person, and we have an audience that maybe 20% of them like merge, want to do M&As. Maybe the other 20% want to learn how to do social media marketing. The other 20% want to do um, specifically like Facebook marketing. I don't know. Um, then you alienate that, those other people who just want to listen to everything else besides M&As. Yep. So we launch with a handful, be five or six, I'd say. Um, and that way, when you push your podcast to your audience, now they have different options. Got it. And then through the data, you can see, well, hey, like we got a thousand downloads on this episode about M&As, got 200 downloads on this one around Facebook, uh, Facebook ads. Now we can kind of see specifically what the audience is more tailored to or what they like and what's going to help you get more traction. Cool. All right. I love that. So that's a really simple one and something worth people noting yeah. is that key is making sure that you have five or six episodes different topics that you think may be interesting, analyze the best ones, yeah. and that's the one that you lean more into. Right, absolutely. Okay, um, what about like, you know, getting guests on the podcast? I mean, we're, we're very good at it because we have an amazing network, yeah. but what would you say is a great way to get good guests come onto your net, well, onto your podcast? So how I did it, I, I was, back when I was like 24 years old, I was getting Harvard professors and Yale professors on my show, and I, didn't, I was a nobody. Mm -hmm. How I did that was two things. I edified them, so I would reach out to them, cold email, and identify them and talk about all the things I've, I've watched on them. So if I've watched YouTube videos, TED Talks, if it's things I've seen or read their books, I would mention that in email. Cool. Easy one there. The second thing you want to do is you actually want to look at their network and say, who's a, a step below that I can actually interview them? Because that person, if that, make sure that person knows that main sure. person in front of it, right? All right, so, so this is a good one. So we're in Austin and um, there's a number of companies that I would love to have on the podcast. So like one of them is like Dell Computers. Okay. So Dell are based in Austin. That would be somebody I'd love to have. Um, and there's some, you know, obviously we've got Facebook here. We have Apple, we have some big companies. If I wanted to get a spokesperson from these companies here on this podcast, and, and everyone who's, who's listening and watching, like if we pull this off, you'll know they'll be here. Um, what would be a good way to reach out to them and to make that happen? Uh, so step one, I would go to LinkedIn. Look at, look at, say if there's a person on LinkedIn, maybe it's a CMO of Dell. Yep. I would look at all their contacts and figure out who is commenting, who is liking their stuff. Chances are they probably know that person have a minute, like a personal relationship with them. Okay. So I would go and find a handful of people that know that CMO. Yep. From LinkedIn or just want to make sure they have some kind of like personal contact. And then we're going to interview those people. And then we're going to have, say you have like four people you've interviewed that all know the CMO of Dell. Then we're going to go and ask them. 
people say, hey, do you, you know so-and-so? Great. Do you think he'd be a great fit for my show? Got it. And see if they can do a personal introduction. And if four people say, hey, you should go to check out this Adam guy. He's an amazing Berlin. speaker. He's got an amazing show. Then that person should say, I've heard your name four times. Like, why? Like, we need to connect. Brilliant. Yeah. So that's, that's how I'm. Got it. So, yeah, it's, it's basically like engineered social proof. Um, for one person that's it. I actually, um, I, had a, I had a buddy of mine that was really good with ads and he did this to get a job. <laughs> and uh, he, he basically created a massive audience on Facebook, ran ads, but made the entire audience um, men and one woman. And the woman was the person he wanted to target. He ran the ad to the whole audience, but then said, but only target women. So it only targeted that one woman. And every day she saw a new ad on why she should hire this guy for her company. And it was like daily. It's like, morning, Jessica. (laughs) I bet you're wondering why you're seeing this ad today. Well, once again, I'm applying for a job to run ads for your company. As you can see, I am highly good at targeting people. And it was just like every day. And she was after like 30 days, he got a phone call. They're like, all right, fine. Please change the ads on my Facebook. I'm tired of seeing your face. Yeah. Oh uh, so I love that <laughs> that very targeted. Yoo-hoo, it's me again. Yeah. You know, there's so to add to that. There's a, there's a website called Cameo.com. I'm sure. Yeah, I know Cameo. Yeah, it's so, great. Yeah. So if you had like, if, let's just say I want I want to find or want to connect with somebody who's really high level, I could hire an actor, an actor or actress. Somebody like uh, name about your favorite WWE character, like Hulk Hogan. Yep. You could pay a guy like Hulk Hogan or other celebrities on this website to go and write it to say an ad. So you give them a script. Say hey, like, and you know, I want to get, I want to get Adam's attention. I could get Holt Hogan or somebody of similar caliber to go and say, hey, Adam, you should know Louis Diaz. He's a great guy. He wants to connect with you, and I can send Adam that video. It's like what? I like, guess like anywhere from like a hundred bucks to like a thousand or a couple. That's thousand. a really good nugget, by the way. That that yeah, right there yeah. for everyone listening, that is killer. If you want to meet somebody, having a celebrity introduce you, <laughs> even if it's completely engineered, like you could get the Island Boys. I think they're like twenty-two dollars now, and you could. <laughs> Sorry, I had to do it. Yeah. Uh, but but you, can, you can get, you know, some kind of celebrity. Yeah. Um, actually, we're, we're buddies with Master Ken, the martial artist. So that would, <laughs> yeah, that would be a good one. You get Master Ken to be like, hey, this guy wants to talk to you. You got to be yeah. on the phone. Um, yeah, that's great. And uh, yeah, no, I'm not going to say that joke. That's funny, but I'm not going to say it. Uh, it's inappropriate, but it is funny. Just everyone listening know that that was funny. Um, all right, cool. I love this. All right, so um, in terms of equipment, like, uh, and I know this, like, you can just record on a phone, you can get a phone tripod, so you don't need big, expensive equipment. Right. Audio is the most important thing. Um, I am a massive fan of the Rode Wireless Lavalier Go 2 microphone. So it's the Go 2, it's like the number two. Um, that microphone is incredible. Um, what I really love about it is it's one of the only microphones I know that will have a dual microphone input. So you can have two different microphones, which is great for interviewing people, and they both go into one uh, sort of receiver, and the receiver can go into your iPhone. So now your iPhone can get very high quality microphone capability. Um, A common mistake I find, we use the Rode mics, I'll show one. A common mistake I find that people make with the Rode mic is uh, it's this square little mic. Have you ever seen people on podcasts where they attach this square to their neck? They're not using it correctly. It does have a built-in microphone, but it's supposed to have a wired microphone go into it. And I don't know why YouTubers don't pay the $20 for the wired microphone, but it creates better audio because the microphone is supposed to be connected to your neck. And this is so big that next to your neck is weird. 
So it, it, it takes a standard lavalier microphone that's 22 bucks on Amazon, um, and I find they're great. And with an iPhone, a pair of these, and the cable, you need a very specific uh, cable to go from the receiver. I mean, you have a setup, and you can start recording right now. You can get your 50 episodes. You can pay for some cameo celebrities yeah. to reach out to the people that you really want to interview. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I love this. This is a great solid start. And, and I'm telling you as somebody who's now had our podcast for six months, I think we're about there, maybe a bit longer. Seven months we've been, we've been having this. Um, it's one of the number one ways to generate sales. And the reason is that there's, there's great leverage. One, people that listen to the podcast, that tune in every single week, are the ones most likely to be indoctrinated to listen to you, to want to spend money. And two, as your podcast grows and people see people on it, they want to be on it. And they will exchange you going on their podcast for them going on yours. And that's where you'll get sales because you turn up on somebody else's podcast and they're like, man, I've only heard this guy once. I love everything he says. I need to go and listen to his podcast and then they become your buyers. So for something that costs, I mean, less than a thousand bucks to set up um, and takes 20 minutes a week, if you do four episodes that are five minutes each, you can have, but again, yeah, a year realistically for most people to get it off the ground if you don't already have an audience. But once it's going, that is massive revenue forever for you that is really easy to get started. Um, let's just say somebody doesn't want to do the work and they do want to work with somebody like you. How, do they, how does that process work? Like, What do people pay you and what do you do versus them doing it on an iPhone themselves? Yeah, uh, even if you have a, someone working for you to do all the production, like you could literally do what you just said, Adam, like two lapel mics or the road bikes. Your iPhone is going to get you better camera quality than most cameras out there. You know, Unless you want to spend 2000 bucks. So just that setup alone, you can get a lot of the high quality production done for you. Yep. Um, if you didn't want to do all the backend production stuff, then you can work with a company like ours, literally just send us the audio, raw files, and then we do all the other things for you. So all the social media assets or all the show notes and all the things of putting it up on all the channels, that's kind of what we do. Um, and that is, for me, funny enough, like when I first saw my first show, that's why I failed, because I didn't want to do that for six hours or whatever it takes to actually do all the other stuff. Um, but yeah, so if you just record it, however you want to record it, like we just discussed, and then send it to a company like ours or someone else, like that's what we do. We kind of take care of all the post-production and all that other stuff. Yeah, and, and you know, because it only takes 20 minutes to record, but like you said, it's the editing, it's the cutting everything up, making the notes, that's the hard part. What, what does that cost? Just, I, I, yeah. just full transparency for these guys, uh, because some people are like, oh, I don't have the eight grand a month, whatever it's gonna cost to do that. What's it actually like? Right, no, it can range anywhere from a thousand bucks to two, three, four thousand dollars, depending on what you're doing and what you're asking for. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't have to be crazy. So for a thousand bucks a month, somebody could get a basic thing going yeah. with you. Perfect, and so, yeah, and again, and, and this is like really important. Whenever I hear a thousand bucks a month, I think two sales of 500 bucks. Yeah. I'm like, if you, you know, and it's yeah. not going to be month one, right? You're probably going to go down the hole. But again, like you said, maybe for a year, you might lose a thousand bucks a month for a year, right? So you, you got to mentally be like, okay, 12 grand this year is gone. But by the end of the year, providing you put in the work, providing in every episode you are offering people a chance to give you money, yeah. you're gonna see those sales start coming in. And I think it's very realistic to believe that year two breaks even, maybe even generates money. Yeah. And year three, and you're like, oh my God, I don't need to work anymore. I've got really good revenue coming in. And what I like about a thousand bucks a month is it's a side job. You right. could become a bartender, an Uber driver. I mean, you could get a side gig and you could make a thousand bucks a month for a couple of work, couple of uh, you know, couple of nights work a week, yeah. and you could get the money that you'd need. 
but now you've got your podcast and you're thinking, okay, but two years time from now, I am, I'm done. Like I don't have to do anything else. This can be my, my, my lead generation. I can sell other people's products. Um, and I can absolutely make money from this, which I, I just think is, is fabulous. Um, all right. So what would you say are some of the really big mistakes that people make when it comes to doing a podcast, things that you've seen like, you know, career destroying. I think of going too broad with the content, like get, be an expert in one field and get known for one thing. Like I don't talk about anything else besides podcasting. Talk about, I can come up here and talk about like what Rich did, like finance or whatever, but like that's not what people know me for. So they know me for podcasts. So get good and build a name in one area and that's what people are gonna know you for and that's like, like the delivery that they're coming to expect for your show. So I think people have tried to go too broad before they build a name in one space. Yep. You've built a space in dating and you've built a space in the, in the business space. So you can have a podcast on both of those, but for some people just starting out, they don't know you. You've got to build a, uh, a brand name in one area, one one specific domain, and then branch out. I see, I see people going to one, not wanting to do that and resisting that idea. And now they're like kind of reaching and grabbing and when I show up to a show like that, they, no one knows what you're delivering and no one knows what you're an expert in. Or you, they don't really know whether you're here. Yeah. So I think that's the biggest mistake. The second one, just getting too fancy too fast. This, I know this wasn't here a year ago when we started, right? Yep, absolutely. You know what I mean? So so getting too fancy too fast, then you get bogged down with all the tech, you get bogged down with all the all the small decisions that you, we don't see at the onset we have to make. And then you're just like, I'm done with it. It's like, it's too much. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I think that's a, and I think it's the same with business. The yeah. classic mistake people make. I think the best thing you can do for a podcast, in my opinion, is watch episode one of the Joe Rogan show. Have you ever watched it? I've never watched it. I, I, I think it's highly worth watching episode one. It's because he's trying to figure out how to use the equipment. And it's really funny. He's like, wait, where does this go? Is the audio, like you can just hear him playing with the tech. Yeah. And it's really clear it's him. Yeah. It's not a team. He's got like a couple of people helping him, but he's working it out. Right. Um, and it's the same like that I can do with this. We were talking about this beforehand. I'm technical yeah. because I taught myself how to build my business from scratch. And while this is the first time I'm doing the podcast with you, it's not my first podcast ever. Yeah. I've absolutely had podcasts that have failed, but I've done it by buying the equipment, using it myself, testing it all and, and figuring it out to the point that I'm very knowledgeable. Like for example, if you have an iPhone, this is like the best tip I'll give you when you're recording a podcast. You may or may not have noticed this, but there is a cinematic mode on your iPhone. And if you're not using the cinematic mode on your iPhone when you film, you're missing out on a huge component of the iPhone. The regular video mode isn't as good as the cinematic mode because the cinematic mode will utilize the cameras to create a depth of field, which looks like you're shooting on a professional film camera. Right. And it, you, you have to learn to play with it because you have to touch faces so it knows what to focus in on. Otherwise, you'll end up with a blurry video. But as long as you know that component, it makes a big difference. And if you want a really cool looking podcast, a good iPhone and some microphones will look great to start. Yeah. And then like you said, then you can get the multi-camera setup and the, the, the yeah. event space. Yeah. yeah, and it's funny, every time we're in the space, we add new things to it. Like even today, we we're like, oh, let's add some more cable ties. That's, you know, we're always improving it and making it better. And I know that in a couple of years time, when someone comes here, they're gonna be like, oh my God, this is fabulous. Right. And that'll be about the time we need a big one. Um, so, cause, cause that's the next phase. Yeah. 
Um, cool. I love that. So um, if people want to learn more about you and they want to, you know, you know, maybe reach out to you to get this done, how do they do that? How do they contact you? Um, top10podcast.com or yeah, or yeah, that's probably the best place. Top10podcast. Top10podcasts.com. That's brilliant. So that's something worth doing. At the end of every episode, we always say to people, um, you know, what is something that smart businesses do? I mean, you know that. So uh, if you want to share with somebody, what do smart businesses do? Um, I think smart businesses solve one problem really, really well for one specific avatar. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, and that's absolutely accurate. So that's brilliant. Uh, once again, I want to remind you that this episode was sponsored by The Working Vacation. You can find out more at workingvacation.com. If you haven't been on vacation for a long time, if your partner tells you that you work too hard and you need to travel more often and you're not enjoying the freedom in your business and you've got a project that you've been putting off that you know you're supposed to have got done that will help you level up and reach the next part of your business, Working Vacation is the solution for you. You get one week of me, my team, and a whole bunch of business owners helping motivate you, guiding you through step-by-step, helping you get it done. And you can spend time on vacation. You can even bring your family. Check that out. So have a look at workingvacation.com. Luis Diaz, thank you ever so much for tuning in. And thank all of you for listening to, once again, Smart Businesses Do This. Thank you. Now, if you're new to the podcast and you want to learn more about how to build a smart business, then the absolute best place to start is with my Smart Blueprint ebook. Over 10,000 people have already gone through the book, and it's one of the most comprehensive resources on strategically building and growing your business that you can find anywhere for free. Just visit thesmartblueprint.com forward slash ebook to grab a free copy. And I'll see you on the next episode of Smart Businesses Do This.